Hi, it's Dave here. I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello. We are walking to the cinema to see Ready Player One. I don't know why I said it like that. Possibly dramatic least, pauses. The least excited we've been in a long time about seeing a movie. Yeah, we're kind of we're doing this for you guys because yeah. a lot of people asked for us to to see this uh, and wanted to know our thoughts. Yeah, like a lot of people, which is a funny thing because to me, aside from the fact that it's a um, Steven Spielberg movie, this is just like such a C grade, like boring looking movie that has Use your words. N- nothing of, of distinct about it like it just looks so generic from the trailer I saw so let, let me just get this straight this is a boring C grade uh, nothing of distinct about it yes movie. thank you Dave okay it's well, it's well um, I'm very tired okay I don't need you <laughs> mansplaining at me um, but it's that's just mansplaining. indistinct is what I, I was trying to say what you said back to you um, that's not mansplaining so basically I just think it looks really tedious and what's interesting about it is so only about a month or two ago we went to see Steven Spielberg at The Post oh yeah and we loved that we loved it and now we're going to see Ready Player One and it's quite interesting in, on one hand to see a director doing two such wildly different projects and on another hand it's like why is Steven Spielberg making this movie now I haven't seen it and I really have an open mind about it but what's, the, what's like the point of this movie <laughs> I know you've read the book and slated the book um, and it's just why is he bothering making this a movie book. about VR? Like, who cares? I don't. I don't understand the hook whatsoever. So anyway, I'm gonna go in open-minded because I love a big budget Steven Spielberg money, uh, movie. I really do. But to me, I don't get why he's attached to this project. That's what I was gonna say. I'm excited for Steven Spielberg to do like a big budget. Uh, a big budget. <laughs> what's wrong with us yeah. today? Why, We're very we well spoken this We're, evening. <laughs> um, I, I'm very excited for him to go back to sci-fi with big monies because uh, I miss that kind of um, big event Steven Spielberg movie like the last big ones I can think of War of the Worlds and Minority Report like he had a good run in the I mean, early noughties with Tom Cruise he did amazing stuff and I mean his you know his classic big budget stuff is the best like he invented the blockbuster but this is this doesn't feel like a blockbuster to me albeit it's expensive and has I would say money. it just feels like a nothing this looks like the definition of a blockbuster it's a big um, epic action-filled movie with loads of money and special effects. That's well, it's exactly a blockbuster. Well, part of what I would consider, well, I know there's a few different like criteria for blockbusters. One of which is generally they're based on pre-sold properties, which this is. But another one is and the other is that uh, generally it has to bust the blocks. Bust the blocks, but generally high concept, like very easy to define in about a sentence. Yep. Like short, shark terrorizes a small town. Um, dinosaurs come alive. <laughs> What's this? What's this? Young man is in a VR world and there's lots of different characters from different 80s references. Like no, what's I'll, the plot of this? Uh, no, no, no. I, I can sum this up. To, yeah? be, to, be fair, to be fair, this is a good premise, right? Uh, dystopian future. Everyone lives in poverty. Um, the only escape is a virtual reality uh, mass online multiplayer game where everyone uh, escapes to. Um, the guy who created that is essentially Willy Wonka. This okay, is very already, this failed. is you talking about high concept. You're in at least three or four sentences. <laughs> okay, well, okay. Let me, let me try and <laughs> wrap this up concept. then in one it's sentence. not high concept. Okay, uh, we, all right, uh, one sentence. Willy Wonka <laughs> digital VR creator dies and uh, hides an Easter egg in his game. The f- person who finds it uh, wins his inheritance. 
So that's your elevator pitch. I've already gotten to the top floor. <laughs> I've gotten out and I'm not <laughs> listening to you. That, this proves my point that this is not a classic blockbuster in, in the sense of a typical Steven Spielberg. Like Minority Report, what happens if you can see crimes before they're committed? You get Tom Cruise to solve them. That's awesome. Like this is not <laughs> Do you that. you think that was the pitch? Saving Private Ryan. You've got some brothers who've died. Let's go in and rescue the last brother. You get brother. Tom Cruise to save the brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the pitch it's for just, that one. Anyway, this is why I'm just like, I'm interested that he's attached himself to the project. I'm a bit curious as to why um, and I, I hope I enjoy it because it's very very long which is why we didn't go and see it last time we went to the cinema um, so we've gone to a bit of an earlier screening I'm open minded I want like, I want to like this I didn't like the book at all but I am really really up for a fun uh, big Spielbergian that sounds so wanky saying that action, <laughs> action adventure just let's have some fun it's Sunday night I mean I hope it's fun live <laughs> yeah, um, not live alright okay let's just go into this movie and not like, try and pre not to prejudge it right I mean you've, I mean, you've I've got seen, preconceptions the problem is I've seen the trailer two or three times and I don't actually normally watch trailers All right, look, for some reason I've seen this a few times and it looks increasingly duller every time I see come it come here to me take, come here to me now C- take a deep breath do this with me we're going to do no, a little meditation we're not going to do that okay we're signing off bye I refuse bye this is the oasis it's a place where the limits of reality are your own imagination people come to the oasis for all the things they can do but they stay because of all the things they can be I'm here talking to all of you now because our future is being threatened. I just came here to escape. But I found something much bigger than myself. I found my friends. I found love. And now, people have lost their lives. No, 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 no. This is war. We're in control of the future. Welcome to the rebellion. Hi, we're back. It's us. It's Dave and Kathy. And that movie was way too long. And I really am proud of myself that I didn't fall asleep. I thought you were asleep a few times. We were on one of those uh, sofa uh, things and you were leaning on my shoulder and uh, I, was I was tempted but I you know sure. I'm committed to this podcast and I decided not to sleep through the movie that I was about to review that's a bad movie yeah very very bad uh, and let me tell you why I think it was bad and it's for the same reasons that I thought the book were bad the, <laughs> why can't we talk properly <laughs> let me tell you why the book were bad um, this it's it's there's it's creatively hollow there's um, it's bankrupt there's this exists in a world in a world where um, pop culture stopped existing post 2020 mm-hmm. which I fear that that is actually where we're actually heading um, because Hollywood and movies have become this um, nasal navel gazing uh, recycling machine where old properties and nostalgia is is currency and and it's exactly as Trey Parker and Matt Cheney so aptly put it in South Park a couple of seasons back with their member berries uh, and if, do you mean Matt is his name Matt Cheney 
Trey, Trey Parker and Matt Cheney. Oh, Isn't I thought it? it was Matt Stone. Oh, it's Matt Stone. Who's Matt Cheney? <laughs> okay, never mind. Anyway, look, fucking South Park. Uh, member <laughs> Berries. They nailed it on the head. Uh, remember this? Remember that? Remember that? That's all, that's all this movie is. It's just references upon references for the sake of references. Um, now, the, the whole idea of creativity exists because you you be you become inspired by something and then you build on it like uh, renaissance painters were inspired by previous painters and blah 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 like throughout history that's how creativity works but this isn't this isn't even homage this is just here's the thing you've seen here's another thing you've seen here's a thousand things you've already seen on screen at the same time this movie only exists so um people can pause it and freeze frame it and then geek out over I recognize that thing and I recognize that thing and this movie I can see why it's so popular because there were grown men in our audience who were losing their shit um, but they kept laughing and we were like what are they laughing at they were laughing hysterically <laughs> um, because they recognized the thing that they were looking at and I recognized it too and I'm not like I'm better than you but like don't fucking lose your shit. It's not. Dave, it's not. Calm down. It's not funny. Um, well, it's to fun- see humor is subjective. Yeah, but I, it, it's just like okay, I can't even think of. Well, like, to be fair, the couple next to us sank a whole bottle of wine during the movie, so <laughs> I would have been good. laughing too, and I would have been so much happier if I'd sunk a bottle of wine. But it's like here's it's like Terminator Two reference, and it was just like laughing hysterically for like twenty seconds. It's this thing of like, and it's it's what's wrong with geek culture today is that. Um, geek culture is something like I, I know this thing and I recognize this thing and I own it and it's personal to me and that's fine because that, that that's you know that's what geek culture should be but it's gone mainstream geek culture has gone mainstream so the thing that you love and own Star Wars is the best example of this you're, you're not unique you're not it, it doesn't it, it, you don't really own it it's owned by a corporation the bad guys in this movie are IOI they're faceless corporate bots and the bad guy wears a suit and our hero is like a rebellious solo gamer who says I don't clan up I go solo I'm cool I'm individual and I also know every single 80s reference pop culture is my life this is absolute geek wish fulfillment he gets the girl in the end she's Uh, literally she's literally a manic pixie girl dream girl like the, her avatar is a pixie yeah like this is this this movie it doesn't even realize how ridiculous it is and it but all of that stuff is rooted in the source of the novel but you pull back the curtain on this and all this stuff you love all the pop culture is the corporation it this is owned by star wars is owned by disney that's the suit so the thing you love isn't unique the thing we should be loving and focusing on is actual Creative, it's creativity and um, individual expression in our art, which is actually under threat. And the fact that this movie has become is so popular worries me because that's exactly. Now it's not a runaway hit, albeit it's been successful. Well, whatever. People are loving this just yeah. because they love other things which are actually good. This movie isn't good. It's absolutely hollow. There's nothing to it. It's absolute dog shit. It actually makes me. It makes me kind of angry. And I, I've I gone off on a huge that. rant. I'll let, I'll let you talk. Then. Okay, will I say what I thought about it? Yeah. 
Um, but I, I am enjoying your rant. It reminds me of your Star Wars rant. I think part of this is rooted in the fact that you're a bit geeky and when you were younger, you defined yourself by a love of geeky things and now you've realised that that's... That I'm not a, I'm not a <laughs> special not unique, unique snowflake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, on, a, on a side note to that, I just think it's kind of sad if somebody defines themselves by something they love, as in a book or a movie or a TV show. Like, I say that as somebody who loves books, movies and TV shows. But when you meet somebody and they're like wearing a T-shirt and like wearing a T-shirt off and, and making references to something that has nothing to do with them, I always find that a little bit strange. Like the amount of people who will be like, I love The Simpsons and just in- incessantly quote The Simpsons. Well, and that's, that's fine. That's you. I know I'm married <laughs> to one of them. But I'm like, I'm, I don't necessarily think it's a great conversation starter because if the other person doesn't get the references that's it then you're done that's the conversation and it's quite tedious to listen to um, anyway aside from that um, ooh, no, I've I, feel like, I feel like I feel like we're actually talking to a lot of our audience who may actually be like this and, I, and I'm like this but the, th- the thing is you can't let it define you and I feel like go be inspired by the thing you love love the things you love but don't create the exact same thing that's what Ernest Klein did with his book Ernest Klein's book is the definition of of just geek fanboy wishful film. Oh, did you see he's one of the I'm screenwriters? I'm cool. I'm the is he? Yeah. No, I didn't see. Oh, well, that explains it. Because it's just like I'm cool. I'm the coolest guy. I'm the best at everything. Um, anyway, I'm the coolest gamer. Okay, enough about. Um, Sorry. Enough about the fanboy stuff, right? Which we both find annoying. I, I, I particularly have always found that annoying, even about you. <laughs> and I'm married to you, right? I think it's an immature movie. It's a delicious laugh. Yeah, it's an immature movie because ultimately it's a movie about something very shallow and it's executed in a very shallow way. That was kind of my main takeaway from it. Um, there's no higher message in this movie and there's no like strong core value of anything that I could figure out because, as you said, they seem to be you know really anti-corporation and yet the whole movie is just plugging loads and loads of corporations so therefore that that message doesn't land for me can we come back to that in spoiler street yes there's a, a weird reference of a celebrity figure which i found very strange there are no stakes <laughs> zero stakes because the whole time i'm watching this movie i'm thinking so what it's different when we see them in the real world but like i'd say about 80 percent of the movie at least is like in this avatar like vr world I don't care if they die because they'll just wake up again in a second. So that's just really pointless. Um, in terms of like watching it, the only scenes I was interested in were the real world scenes. All the VR scenes were so tedious to me. And, I, and it's interesting, I'm trying to pick apart why they were so tedious, aside from the lack of peril. They just... They, it looks like a video game and like I'm not interested. I don't play video games. I see enough of them in my house when you're playing them I don't watch when you're playing I don't care to watch them I don't mind if other people like video games but I'm going to see a movie so whether it's animated or live action or anything in between that's fine and I can handle really good CGI you know like Avatar I really enjoyed that movie but this just looked like a video game so to me that was incredibly tedious Um, in terms of the acting I found it really bad Um, Olivia Cook who's kind of the manic pixie dream girl she's she's a good actress and she was to me the only really strong performance and I, and I would say strong in very loose terms and um, I was yeah, really she was good. I liked her. really surprised by um 
oh god the guy who plays the BFG and he was in um, Bridges Spies Mark Rylance what is he doing in this movie and he's really bad in it and I don't say that lightly because I really like him oh I don't know I, th- I, I, th- I, th- I thought Mike Rylance I don't understand why he what was going on there he, ma- he was making choices he made very yeah. clear choices about this and at one point character. he referenced Bill and Ted and he was kind of just playing Bill and Ted um, and then there's the lead what? actor he playing Bill and Ted as in he sounded like them oh okay the actor okay, and right, then that kind of laid back kind of California hipster I guess is maybe the voice he was trying to do and then the, the lead actor and look like he's a young actor and like I don't know him but and I don't think he was given much to work with but I actually funnily engaged with his avatar more than I did with the actual live human being that oh, he was oh um, the other thing is I'm sh- if I would never have guessed this was a Spielberg movie you know most Spielberg no. movies you, there's a Spielberg moment in them you, you feel it you feel the score building you feel really emotional this one had no emotional core like I didn't care what happened to anyone um, I would have liked to see more of the dystopian corporate world like I actually found that all quite interesting and just when I was getting interested that I got pulled back into the stupid Viora stuff the rules of the Viora weren't clear now I don't know a lot about it but like some people seem to be running on treadmills to run. Some people to seem to be just sitting down. Some people seem to be like jumping on their sofas to jump. But then some people are doing like backflips, okay. which I didn't get why they were doing backflips if in real life they're like a slob sitting on their sofa. Okay, well, you, you, do, you want, do you want me to get into a no, detailed explanation? No, I don't. I, I don't care to know. Answer. I'm just saying it wasn't made clear in the movie. Because VR exists in real life, as do those treadmills you can get actual rigs it's just it's all but about how the movie that wasn't the world like you need to do some world building you can't just assume yes, that okay. somebody understands Fair the enough. rules which Fair i enough. didn't um and then i think at the end of the day there was nothing inherently good in this movie and this movie doesn't stand on its own two feet this movie is just a big mess i overall that's probably what i would say it's a mess of a movie and i really wouldn't recommend someone going to see it because there's no moment of joy in it for me there was nothing that i took away from it that I can commend it. There were, uh, there's nothing. There's nothing I can say about it that's positive. There are. I will say first of all, I thought this was a much more enjoyable experience than reading the book, and I think that whoever um, took a pass at the script with with Ernest Klein uh, definitely tightened the whole thing up. Like, and they changed. They made a lot of changes to the story for the better. Um, but it, ultimately, it's not enough to save this movie because it's it's just pointless. To the Spielberg point. There, was a f- there were a few moments where I was like, oh, that's kind of fun, or like, I liked the visuals. I think, the, I think whoever actually, what, whatever hundreds of people sat down and created this world for us to see did a great job. Like, it looked very cool. There was some great stuff. I loved the idea of, um, at the very beginning, when he first enters into the Oasis, and you get this sort of uh, narration of like it's a world where you can do anything and, and battle like, exposition. Like. Yeah, but it's yeah nonsense exposition. But then we were seeing some cool stuff like uh, you can like hang glide through a hurricane and and whatever. But, but it was that's like, like any video game ever though. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing I guess. there that was there was nothing there that was of, of any surprise. I, I, I kind of like the I kind of like the race and then him like uh, you know any, anyway I'll talk about some of that in spoiler street. But ultimately I feel like. There's a great interview um, with uh, Wes Anderson on the Adam Buxton podcast recently about his movie Isle of Dogs. And he discussed how he directed that movie from home uh, because, it, it, you know, it's, it's animated with stop motion animation. So he had animation studios and units making the stuff and just sending him scenes. Now, obviously, he directed it by he, and wrote it. So he, like, told them what to do. He storyboarded the whole thing or whatever. But they were just 
making the animation, sending it to him via email, and he would watch, uh, you know, he's literally said he'd watch mob files of this thing and then send back notes and so, and so forth and so forth. So he directed it from home. Like, okay. this is literally so flexible work. I, I was feel watching like, this thinking, what does Spielberg have to do with this movie? Exactly. I yeah. feel like, what, what did what Steven Spielberg doing? do here? Yeah. I feel like... and. Was he just this off working on the post? Because that's a much better movie. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why they came out at the same time. Because he was actually directing that. And then, you know, every day he'd go home and have uh, 64 emails. And it would be from the post uh, FX department on the Ready Player One movie. And he'd be like, oh yeah, I was making that other movie. But he can't um, watch those scenes and thought, this is, this is a movie. Because they were scenes from a video game that weren't interesting. I mean, it's largely, it's a video game cutscene. Uh, extended over two hours and 20 <laughs> minutes this movie's far too to long the po- to, like, halfway through I got up and um, I had decided I wasn't going to get any popcorn this time and then halfway through the movie I went and got popcorn because I was so bored and then Dave got up and went and got a beer so that shows how long this movie was I just was. went out because I was bored but I really and, did like, wonder having a beer was more fun and like this I'm a big Steven Spielberg fan so I, I really spent most of the movie just thinking but why <laughs> you're so rich you're so famous why are you and and you've actually created a lot of the properties that are kind of referenced in here uh, no well. actually you're wrong there he explicitly said that there are no Spielberg references in here deliberately. oh okay well look I didn't take in all the references but it was all 80s nostalgia so I assumed some of his stuff must have gone in there but it just felt a bit weird because the whole movie is like this reverence of this kind of auteur character I was like wondering was it a bit narcissistic of Steven Spielberg and maybe he saw himself in that character I don't know I thought it was very strange but I think we need to wrap this up and get to spoiler yeah, let's. alright we're turning on to spoiler street yeah. now uh, spoilers for Ready Player One. All right, firstly, my major problem is with the ending. Now, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head earlier. You said, what's the message of this movie? What's the core of this movie? What is this movie trying to say? And it's the same with the book. It has nothing to say. Because ultimately, he's facing off with the uh, Mark Rylance's avatar. And he says, here you go. Sign this. And the whole company is yours. And you can have it. And then he goes, aha, it's a test you would never let me do this, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, yes, thank God, you finally cracked it. Classic Willy Wonka um, sort of move there. Except, um, what, like, five minutes later, he, he the Simon Pegg with his American accent arrives, and he says, uh, oh, the company is yours, you did it. And it's like, so what? You, your ultimate test was to reject the company so that you can win the company. Like, the, what does that mean? And also... Um, Great. Dave, it's just like you you know me well enough to know that I wouldn't get you to sign a contract, I'd get you to hold an Easter egg. Yeah, it's like it's it's like oh and also, um what was the, what was the point in the whole thing? Like you stop the evil corporation so that you can run the thing that controls everyone's lives, but give them every Tuesday and Thursday off because the real world is more important. But the method no. kept saying reality it's like- is what's real. Oh, Thank you. Now maybe they're so like maybe hit the button on the wall <laughs> that he deliberately shows you, which shuts the whole thing down. That's the message of the movie. That's what the movie ending should have been. Because the manic pixie girl says, like, my dad died ruining his life in this stupid game. This stupid game is nothing. This isn't why I'm here. I'm here to stop this evil corporation in reality. And then, oh, oh, wait, now she's a co. Uh, co-owner of the whole company like, yeah, but they close what? it twice a week now like in another <laughs> sense you could read it as like a you know a thinly veiled insult of social media or something and how everyone these days does live so virtually but it wasn't it didn't go there either it had nothing to say I hated all the characters 
Um, I felt like I didn't hate them. I was completely indifferent to them. Oh, I just like yeah. And I was, at one point when we met them all in real life instead of I kinda just online, hated them. and I hated them all as well. I just thought they're they're so boring, all of them. Um, and nothing like nothing against the actors. They were given absolutely nothing to do. They were just playing like complete cardboard cutouts. The 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 comedy was bad. The yeah. comedy was cro- uh, kicking kicking people in the crotch gags yeah. and uh, high five gags. I mean, I like gags. the villain. What's his name? Ben Mel- Mendelsohn. I thought he was good. I thought he was doing... He was yeah. playing the villain right in that there's nothing to this guy. It's yeah. just face to the cover. And Ben Mendelsohn was kind of preening about a bit and having a bit of a laugh, which is fine. But that's he was, fine. Yeah, he was probably the that's best That's fine if that's what this actually. movie's supposed to be. Is it supposed to be aimed at, uh, you know, uh, 13-year-old boys? Because I'm fine with that if that's what this movie is Well, it was only just, a 12 rating. It's a 12A. So is the, if, yeah. if this movie's for 13-year-old um, boys who love video games... Uh, like I probably would have loved this movie as a thirteen-year-old, and um, then fine, except that. But it's referencing ex- things like Duran exactly. Duran. Who's so, audi- yeah. the audience? No, well, our audience were enjoying it, so. No, no, but our audience were. This, it's like, what is it? It's half eleven on a Sunday night, and our audience was full of adults drinking wine, and, and they the were guys that it. were losing. The, I guess, but that—that's the audience. It's yeah. like thirty-year-old men who know this stuff. But then the comedy doesn't line up with that. This, the, like, I, I, I'm a, I'm a thirty-something guy who knows all this stuff, and I want m- more. I don't want this. I didn't even spot most of the references, to be honest. Like, I know people are saying there's like so much of reference, and as the credits rolled, I saw they they had mentioned all the things they did, courtesy of, for example, Sonic the Hedgehog. I didn't notice him. I didn't notice pretty much any of the visual stuff you're talking about because I was so bored, and I'm not one to pay massive attention to background like CGI stuff like I'm waiting for the characters to be interesting I'm waiting for there to be a plot I'm waiting to care about somebody and because that stuff was so lacking I tuned out of all the rest of it like in the big battle scene at the end I didn't even know what they were doing I (laughs) I don't care like they keep showing us them in real life which I'm interested in then they keep showing us them like in this stupid situation with like a stupid magic spell and then they're showing the baddie and then we've got like TJ Miller's weird character and I, I couldn't tell if he was going to swap sides uh, but Miller's nothing character. came of that anyway and it was just all so redundant like it, it, and again like the girlfriend character was captured in, and was like in a chain gang <laughs> and that was a bit interesting and then she just got out of that situation really easily and I quite also, like that stuff it just annoyed me as well the way when they met in real life they were both exactly like their avatars like both good looking teenagers like yes. of the same gender they said they would be I just thought that was no, highly no, but unusual actually my, th- that's fine but my biggest problem um, and it was in the book as well with, is that um she makes a big deal about it. no you can't see me you wouldn't like me no, in real life so I have beautiful. a problem um, and, then, and then and then she's just got like a mild birthmark which is she's fairly visible and she's like most, don't look at her I'm one hideous. of the most beautiful actresses of her generation I would say she's that beautiful and I laughed out loud when they showed her exactly. and she said um, it's just a joke now this movie should have been brave it should have been brave and had her um, had a serious like um, um, physical disfigurement or an actual like prohibitive problem that would help like stop you from facing society not be not just do she's all that yeah and she's like absolutely drop dead gorgeous yeah, stunningly beautiful um, like no. I wish she had been a man and oh. then he had been like I love you so much that I'll see past your gender that would have been a good yeah, twist now it, what you just described is more interesting <laughs> than anything this movie put on or screen. if she'd been like really old 
And like love knows no age. <laughs> yeah. Explore <laughs> actual things. Not just be like, oh my God, um, like he's a 16 year old guy and he uh, sees the girl of his dreams. Oh, and she's super hot. Okay, can we also the movie, see? Then at the end of the movie, it's literally her just like sat on his lap yeah, in a den full of video games. Yeah, like, like he's got arcade come games. on. Uh, yeah. This is a 15 year old boy's And there fantasy. was also a scene where um, he's like trying on other virtual outfits for the first day and he puts on an outfit from some something referencing something oh my god stop. and he's like if she it was, it was uh, if she's the right Bonsley, girl for me she'll get my reference and I just thought oh my god you're one of those annoying people um, that if someone who doesn't get your reference then you won't speak to them because you think that they're not cool enough for you I mean I was one of those people <laughs> but I, I grew up yeah well to be fair he's only a teenager so maybe he'll grow up to be a completely normal billionaire <laughs> Also, can we really... Now, I've actually ordered Trillion us an Uber. Hair. I've ordered us an Uber to wrap this up. Oh. Um, anyway. Um, let's get in. Just keep talking. See it's if like, you look, everything's for complete it's like, freaks. It's like Parzival says in uh, in the movie. A fanboy always knows a hater. <laughs> <laughs> and that's... <laughs> Hi there. Hello. How's it going? Hi. Um, anyway, do you have anything else to say? <laughs> no, I think we should get off now. Uh, I think you need to take a chill pill. I'm getting a little. I'm getting a little bit. And I think the reason you're annoyed angry. is because you're annoyed because it's tapping into stuff that you hold very dear, and you're like disappointed to to see how it's being used. Yeah. No, stop holding the mirror up in front of my face. I'm <laughs> not here like for. Way too I'm not angry. lying on this. Uh, you're way too angry. I'm not, for this, I'm, I'm, essentially I'm, a I didn't crap sit movie. in this Uber so I could be uh, Sigmund Freuded by you. <laughs> All right. That's my impression. I can't it's find like my it's like when you got that angry about Star Wars, like. You got overly angry about Star Wars, and you're getting overly angry about this. It's because my childhood's over, Kathy, yeah. <laughs> and I'm mourning it. Um. Anyway, on that note, we are on social at Cinemile on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to follow us, um, you should subscribe to us on wherever you listen to podcasts, and uh, please head to Apple Podcasts if you have it, and just spend uh, spend a minute just hitting. The five star button, and and if you like, leave us a nice little review. A nice little review. And and can I just say apologize for? I'm going to apologize on your behalf for how angry you got about this movie. It doesn't deserve that level of Kathy, anger. It's not anger. It's impassioned. <laughs> it's not. It's an impassioned response. You just don't go and, and see this movie. Also, please. lastly, lastly, I will say. Well, they've seen the movie. If, a, if they got this far, well, no, um, necessary. I feel. I feel like for um, anyone who who did really like this movie, I'm not. I'm not addressing you, and I'm really sorry. I, I, I'm not angry at you you're just angry entitled. if you're the people who were sitting next to us in the cinema he's very angry <laughs> I just don't understand them I just don't I'm just understand I'm jealous of them um, I'm jealous of them because they had a great time and, and the same thing goes to you if you if you enjoyed this movie and, and you had a great time and you and you loved it then great and you got your, your money's worth and like art is subjective um, and can be but enjoyed tell us why you liked it because I want to tell us why you liked it and, and help us try to understand um, I just didn't enjoy it and I don't really? think that was art <laughs> Um, why do I sound so snooty? Why do, said I said so the word art Why did you say the word times. art? And why were you referencing Renaissance days earlier? Like you, What's you wrong with me? You get a grip on your life. All right, okay, goodbye. Okay, Thank bye you. everyone. That's better. I'll wave to you from the finish line. McFly. When I read Ready Player One, it was the most amazing flash forward and flash back at the same time. When it came to my research, I never took any shortcuts.
Over the past five years, I'd worked my way down the entire recommended Gunter reading list. Douglas Adams, Kurt Vonnegut, Neil Stevenson, Richard K. Morgan, Stephen King, Orson Scott Card, Terry Pratchett, Terry Brooks, Bester, Bradbury, Haldeman, Heinlein, Tolkien, Vance, Gibson, Gaiman, Sterling, Moorcock, Zalsi, Zelazny. I read every novel by every single one of Halliday's favourite authors. And I didn't stop there. I also watched every single film he referenced in the Almanac. If it was one of Halliday's favourites, like War Game, Ghostbusters, Real Genius, Better Off Dead, or Revenge of the Nerds, I rewatched it until I knew every scene by heart. I devoured each of what Halliday referred to as the Holy Trilogies. Star Wars, original and prequel trilogies in that order. Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, Mad Max, Back to the Future and Indiana Jones. Halliday once said that he preferred to pretend the other Indiana Jones films from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull onward didn't exist. I tended to agree. I also absorbed the complete filmographies of each of his favourite directors. Cameron, Gilliam, Jackson, Fincher, Kubrick, Lucas, Spielberg, Del Toro, Tarantino and of course Kevin Smith. I spent three months studying every John Hughes teen movie and memorising all the key lines of dialogue. Only the meek get pinched, the bold survive. You could say I covered all the bases. I studied Monty Python, and not just Holy Grail either. Every single one of their films, albums and books, and every episode of the original BBC series, including those two lost episodes they did for German television. I wasn't going to cut any corners. I wasn't going to miss something obvious. Somewhere along the way, I started to go overboard. I may, in fact, have started to go a little insane. I watched every episode of The Greatest American Hero, Airwolf, The A-Team, Knight Rider, Misfits of Science and The Muppet Show. What about The Simpsons, you ask? I knew more about Springfield than I knew about my own city. Star Trek? Oh, I did my homework. TOS, TNG, DS9, even Voyager and Enterprise. I watched them all in chronological order. The movies too. Phasers locked on target. I gave myself a crash course in 80s Saturday morning cartoons. I learned the name of every last goddamn Gobot and Transformer. Land of the Lost, Thunder the Barbarian, He-Man, Schoolhouse Rock, G.I. Joe. I knew them all, because knowing is half the battle. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel-Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.